Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new beverage. A new beverage of choice. And this week I'm so excited because Natalie and I have been trying to secure this episode for so long. I feel like years. Years. Honestly. So we are talking how to connect with your femininity Mm -hmm. with Heather Allison. We really felt like we needed an expert on here, someone who works in this field. And we're going to be talking to Heather about what is the divine femininity, Uh how to activate your feminine energy, and what the mystery is. And if you guys are like, what is the mystery? We don't know either. We don't know either. We're going to ask. We are totally going to ask. She has something about the mystery that I am very Yeah, she talks about. about the mystery and it's like, what? There's a mystery about the mystery. I know. I know. So stick around, so you guys. Stick around. And at the end of the episode, we are playing 200 questions. So even more fun. I know. I, I think we've played it for a while. Yeah. So I'm very excited. And I'm excited to see what we're drinking. Oh, yes. With Heather. With Miss Heather. Okay. Let's get into my big bag of stuff. Okay. Let's do this one. This one feels like. Feminine. Feminine energy. I was just really struggling just now to say femininity. Femininity. It is really, like, if, I could not say that five times fast. Femininity, femininity, femininity. Oh, I can't actually oh, you say could. it. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. Femininity, femininity, femininity. I think it was just Oh, in my... maybe it is easier than I thought. It feels like it should be hard. When I'm saying it, I'm scared. Like, I'm not going to get yeah. that other in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is Taste Nirvana Premium Coconut Water. Oh, yes. You know, there's five billion coconut waters and they all taste different. I swear. Yeah, they actually do. They really do taste different. I love coconut water. Some of them I love and some of them I hate. Okay, well, we're going to find out if this is either either or. This one is, and taste nirvana seems, uh, you know, feminine. I was driving and I realized that I wanted to share something on the podcast that Uh I don't know if you know about me. Oh, interesting. You might know. I might say and be like, Corinne, I know. Uh, of course. Hmm. Sorry, we just took a sip of the coconut water. Did you know that I did a pageant? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. I was driving and I had a, you know, when you have a flash of your childhood and you're like, holy shit, I've locked that out. Yeah. I did a pageant when I was 12 years old. Oh. Yeah. What was the, like, because, you know, pageants are very rare in California. Oh, they are? Oh, very. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Pageants are, like, huge in the South. Oh. Like, if you were living in Texas, you're probably like, yeah, duh, we've all done a pageant. Oh. California, I don't know anybody who was in a pageant. Well, you know, now you do. I did know somebody that was from Minnesota that did a pageant and then moved to California. I did a pageant when I was 12. We got a letter in the mail and it was like, a, like, a, like, hey, sign your daughter up. And my mom and I literally looked at each other. We're like, why not? So I had no experience in pageantry. I did not know that girls have been do- doing this since they were four years old. Right. So my mom and I drive to like freaking Anaheim Convention Center. We get a dress and evening gown. Why we're doing this, we both don't know. We're just like, for fun. Just for funsies. And of course we tell my dad, like, currency to pageant. My dad is like, he literally was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> he was so pissed, but he had to come. And I had to have a special talent, right? But again, I'm not training 
This is like, uh, right. oh, I'm a normal child. You're right. Like, you're going to have to go on stage in front of all these people and do a talent. So I thought, what can I do? And I thought, well, I can kind of do accents. So everyone else is doing hula hoops. Everyone else is doing, you know. Their little gym their little, uh, What is it? The the water. Oh, oh is that what the she cups? Does it? Cu- whatever. They all have their talents. Uh-huh. What I do is I go, hello, my name is Corinne Fox, and I will be doing accents. Hey, y'all. My name's Corinne. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Is well, there any footage of this? There's no footage. No photos? I have my pageant entry photo where, like, how I submitted, and uh-huh. I had flipped my hair out on the ends. Like, Very pageant-like. Like, out and up. But, yeah, I just, I kind of had this weird, like, traumatic flash where I was like, oh, my God, I did a pageant. And, oh, my God, I went on stage and did accents as a 12-year-old. was like, hello, everybody. Like, <laughs> I did, like, British. And, and, and then everyone was like, hi. But like I placed, sunshine. out of 60 girls, 12th. Hey, that's not bad. I kind of took that as a win. What do you win? We would get, like, if I got first, I get a crown. I uh-huh. get a, you know, a sash. I didn't make it, but I made it to the semifinals. And I was like, wow, my first pageant? And did you think I should keep doing this? I kind of thought, like, maybe I've got it in me if I can get to 12. But I did not consider you on that path. And it's okay. for the best. Okay. Wow. I didn't but even so, know so- they really did pageants in California. Well, they did. The Anaheim Convention Center makes sense. Yeah, it was definitely in Orange County for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, I just felt like I was like, wow, one, I don't know if Natalie knows this about me. You know what's so weird is there was something I was thinking about the other day and I was like, I don't think Corinne knows that. What? And now, well, now I can't oh, remember. Now I can't remember. But I was driving to the mall. I barely remembered that about myself, which is why I knew you didn't know that about me. Because I was like, oh. I, fr- I have locked this away. Yeah, no. You have never, never brought that one up. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember what it was. But there was, if I think about it, I will tell you. What's crazy is that there's just so much from our childhood that we have suppressed. I know. And you're like, you can't even. So many things are motivated by photos. The fact that I don't have a photo of this is why I didn't remember it. Because I don't see like, oh, there's my pageant photo. Like, we don't have photos from that. No, no. So it's pure memory. It is weird, too, though, like. I will have random flashbacks to yeah. like weird, like like weird moments where I'm like, what? Like, and then I'm, is that a? I don't know what that is. Do you ever smell something and you're like, you're like, walk, oh yeah, but like you can't even like. Sometimes I'll be walking and I'll be like, oh my god, I'm at my third grade playground again. Yes. What? Yeah. And then I like, and then I come back. I know. And or like I'm like in my classroom in first grade, and then I'm back. I know. Weird. I can actually, I can kind of smell my first grade classroom if I think about it. Bizarre. And I can like also feel. Feel it. The textures. Oh. Of it. Like of a crayon. Of like everything in that room. Mm-hmm. You know? You know how they say that you can experience what something would be like to lick it? Yes. Every single thing. It's so true. It's so I was true. Driving the other day was so dangerous. I was like, "Oh my god, I know exactly what it's like to lick that stop sign." Oh my god, I think that. Okay, I'm so glad you do that because I do that all the time. Like, I'll be like, I know exactly like what this wall. Everything. Why is that? I don't know what it tastes like, but I know. Well, I, actually, I kind of do know what I, it I know what that would taste. Yeah, like. Yeah, me too. And I would know what a stop sign tastes like. Yeah. Weird. That okay, anyways, so should we bring weird. on uh, oh, Heather? Oh, Heather. Oh, my God. <laughs> we did a diversion. Sorry. 
Okay. <laughs> well, let me give her a little introduction. Yeah, let's here. introduce her. So Heather Allison is a digital creator, and she's here to be your guide into your own divine feminine energy so that you can live your most aligned, powerful, and pleasurable life. Ooh. She teaches courses and does one-on-one coaching for people wanting to lean into their feminine energy and to use it to enhance their lives, whether that be in relationships, at work, or just in general. And also, I will say, I do not believe, we're going to clarify with her, but I do not believe that this is just pertaining to women. No. Feminine energy we all have we feminine all have and both. mask, I believe. Well, yes. we will ask her. So let's let's go say hello to Heather. Hey, Heather. Hi, Heather. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. We're we so wait. excited. We were saying at the top of the episode, we've been wanting to do an episode on femininity, which we also said like five times fast. Yeah, femininity. Like, femininity. <laughs> for a while now, we just wanted to find like the right person to speak on it because I do think it's something that. I don't know, maybe as we're just getting older, like want to lean more into or learn more about or yeah, even define for ourselves. And so we're so excited to have you and we're so excited about the work that you do. Yes. Yeah. And I think feminine energy too, like it's so easily misconstrued. So much so. Yeah. So I think we're super excited to talk to you about all of this. All of this. All of it. (laughs) But I want to just ask straight out the gate. So you had a spiritual awakening when you were 40. Yeah. So can you tell us about that? Because obviously that's what brought you to where you are now. So how did that happen? And what did your life look like before that? Pre-spiritual awakening. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a surprise. And then it also, like looking back now, I can kind of see certain threads of like, oh, okay. So that kind of makes sense now. But my life was super just like, basic. I mean, that sounds, I know we use that term as kind of an insult sometimes, (laughs) but it was really basic. I I just was, you know, doing what I do. I graduated from college. I got jobs, tried to find the ones that like fit and couldn't find any jobs that fit. I also, I was married for a while and that was super, super, super toxic and damaging and very much like lost every part of who I was in that marriage, dating after that and trying to find, you know, the right relationship and I just kept not finding it. I I had some really beautiful relationships after that, but nothing seemed to kind of be it, you know, Mm -hmm. the thing. And I remember I was just really frustrated because I was about like 37 and or somewhere around there, maybe even a little bit later. And I was just like, what in the world am I getting wrong about this? Like what kind of like name of your podcast, right? Like, am I doing this? What am I not doing right? That I'm not getting this right. You know? And I did some of that kind of desperate Googling that you do when you're like, just, I need to find something. And that's when I actually found the thread. It was like the first time I'd ever heard anything about, you know, feminine energy and masculine energy and like, what even is this? And I, I, stumbled upon a woman who, who taught like love life stuff, relationship stuff in through that lens. And it really just spoke to me in some way. And so I, I started exploring and then I explore, started exploring deeper because I started feeling the changes that were happening in my life and in my relationships. And I signed up for her coach training because I was just like, I just want all the information. I didn't think I was going to do anything with it. I just wanted it for me. And about six months after that, or probably like eight months after I started that is when I had this really massive spiritual awakening kind of out of nowhere. But now I know that the feminine is actually, well, a couple of things we're so over masculinized people are in general. And so a lot of us have forgotten 
much of what she governs or at least have lost touch with it and have, or, or fear it or resist it or what have you. And, and so I know that one of the things that she governs is our channel, our intuition. And so it's actually not a surprise to me at all now that I had this spiritual awakening kind of on the heels of, of really diving into this work. And so that training was, was around like being a love coach, if you will, like a relationship coach, but really, really quickly after that, after having my profound spiritual awakening, I, I started getting more and more information about like, it's not just that really kind of relationship. It's not just our romantic kind of relationship. It's our relationship with literally everything with life, with ourselves, with our emotions, with, with each other, with nature, with the universe, with like all of the things with our power. So that's kind of how the, the work expanded from there. And so it absolutely did take me, bring me to where I am now. And it's become the core of the work that I offer now is based on everything I experienced in that. Wow. I feel like we have so many, we have a lot of guests that come on the podcast and it's a lot of where they are today came from this place of being lost, confused, Mm -hmm. like not knowing what they're going to do next. And then something happens that clicks for them and it completely changes the trajectory of their lives. And I always find, I always love hearing those kinds of stories because I think it's so inspiring to people who are in that place right now. Like, I don't know, am I doing this right? (laughs) Listening to this podcast. And it's really hopeful because you know, you had no idea that this was lying ahead of you, right? Like this wasn't something you were tapped into or knew. And so I think it's it's really inspiring that this is where your life has headed to. Yeah. And I think getting feeling lost can get a bad rap. Like yes. I really, you know, it's 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 so necessary. It kind of creates that fertile soil for being able to to find things and choose things that you wouldn't normally you know, if everything was quote unquote working, you just kind of keep doing it and keep repeating the things that you're already doing. When you feel lost or when you're in that void space, as I call it, like you're much more willing to kind of try things that are beyond your scope of understanding already or beyond the scope of like what makes sense. You're kind of like, okay, so maybe it's something like this. I mean, I didn't have, like I, like I didn't have any designs on being a coach at all. I just kind of was like, well, this is sort of feeling different. So I want to have more information about this. And that very much came from that, that feeling of, of being lost and not really knowing where I'm going. It was like, okay, I'm just going to try this. And from that, that's so such a fertile place of creation where we're willing to kind of start walking a different form of path. So I think it's actually really important, those spaces. 100%. I totally, totally agree. I'm curious about like, what was your definition of femininity before you really started to study it? And what does it look like now? Because again, like Natalie was saying, there is a lot of misconceptions about like what, what is femininity? And then what do you, what do you define it as now? Yeah. I mean, I think my assumption about it before was just kind of what this culture, what our, what our world in general has, has defined it as, which is like behaviors and traits that are, that we've like somewhat for some reason agreed belong to being a woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like are indicative of being a woman and agreeable, kind of, pleasant. Yeah. All kinds yeah. of things. Like mm-hmm. even like what chores you do in the household yes. or like what hobbies you have or, or what, what you, how you wear your hair or like the clothes that you wear or anything like that. And it's such a limiting and limited definition of, I mean, I guess I'll just say this. The term femininity is actually not one that I use in my work at all. Oh. Um, I consider that to actually be just that definition of these are what we assume you should be like if you identify as a woman. And if you don't, then you should be identifying, you know, it's kind of the, the limitation that a lot of the 
the like only binary people. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you're not a woman, then you should identify and behave and, and act and look like a man. And there's no room for, you know, it's really limiting. It's a box that they, they're trying to put us in. Yeah. For me, feminine energy is a completely different thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with what we look like. It has nothing to do with what we wear or how we do any, like the chores that we do, the hobbies that we have, like, it's really nothing surface at all, nothing apparent at all. It's really more the energetics underneath. And, and we have every single one of us humans. I don't care if you identify how you identify, whether it's binary or non-binary, you have both. We all have both. And so they're really like, I know I'm diving us straight into the deep end, but they are, they're archetypes that make up our our energy patterns as humans, if that makes sense. So it really has nothing to do with the traditional, like I don't use that word femininity at all. Does that make sense? Wow. Yes. No, it totally makes sense. So so you're saying both as in masculine and feminine energy. Can you dive yeah, into we all have both. what some examples of each of those things are? Yeah. And I have a I have a chart that you if you I don't know if you do show notes. Oh or, yeah. Yes, oh we, we love show the show notes. <laughs> Remind me and I'll send it to you. Okay. It's called, I call it my archetypal grid, but basically the misconception as I've received it in, when I say that, I'm just saying like intuitively, like my guys have taught me and what have you, but that the misconceptions are basically that there are only, well, let me, let me back up. This archetypal grid shows our sacred feminine and sacred masculine traits, and then our wounded feminine and wounded masculine traits. So it's not even just about feminine and masculine. It's actually about they're they're kind of like four different versions of these energetics. Right. And so it's really like a refinement into out of the wounded aspects and into the sacred aspects so that they can do their dance together within us and within our relationships and within our relationship with the divine, if that makes sense. But some examples are like, so sacred feminine, are a lot more to do with internal things, invisible things, things that you can't like logically plot out on a spreadsheet, things that you can't. Like intuition, um, would you say that? Yeah. I actually talk about her having kind of like three main pillars. So I always call it like emotion, sensation, and intuition. Yeah. Um, And so it's really like all of the invisible realms. Um, she governs all of the invisible realms, whether that's, you know, the, like our guides or our intuition or our emotions, because those are not something that we can see, right? Like they're, they're of the invisible as well. Sensations. Cause again, we can't see sensations, but we feel them. So things that are felt, things that are just known on a much deeper level, like more like deeper wisdom within us, things that are sensed, all those kinds of things, but she's also things like intimacy and love and connection, receptivity. She's like I said, she's kind of internal, right? So where the masculine would be more external, things like you know action taking and decisiveness and you know discernment between things or what have you. Like really, like he's more singular and external, and she's more ineffable, undefinable, and internal. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you said something earlier I'm so curious about. You said that like we are over masculinized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And I'm curious how much of that you think is contributed to like American culture and kind of that go-getter uh, mindset, every man for himself kind of mindset that Americans have as opposed mm-hmm. to like I, France. Yeah, or, like, like Europeans and that kind of I, I'm just curious if um, you see a correlation there. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think it's more than just America too, right? But yeah, it's very, very prevalent here. Yeah. But I do, I agree with you. There are things that other cultures prioritize that we don't anymore. Things like 
beauty. And I don't mean like, you know, the kind of beauty that you're being sold hair products and cosmetics and, you know, Botox and all that shit. I'm talking like capital B beauty, like the beautiful nature of things, the beautiful nature of nature. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? That kind of beauty. Simplicity too. Yeah. 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 The sacred, like I said, things that are governed kind of by the invisible, right? The why would we bother with the invisible here? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit into a nine to five workday. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? We can't mm-hmm. make money off of the invisible or what have you, those kinds of things. So I think we, we so prioritize things in this country and in just kind of the commodified world, if you will, that are, that have more of an effect on the bottom line that we can control. That's the bottom line, really. Anything that we can control and have control over is prioritized here. Things that you yeah. can't, it's deprioritized, right? Mm-hmm. That we always prioritize logic. We prioritize what makes sense, what we can prove. We prioritize what has an exacting outcome, the ROI on whatever it is. Yeah. We prioritize getting more done, achieving more, like all of these things that are in the, the wounded masculine, the things that are like, yeah, achievement, pushing, force, like forcing things to happen, having control, all kinds of things like that. So it's really, really prevalent here. And and that's my my perception of the world in general is that we've all been... I joke around about it because I've received that the, you know, there are multiple chakra systems as I've received it. But one, the archetypal one for me is our upper three chakras are masculine. Our lower three chakras are feminine. And then the heart space is like the, the creator archetype or it's the, the union of the two, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of, we all walk around like squeeze, like toothpaste tubes, as I call it. So we're all working from our heads and what makes sense. What should I do? What's that person doing? Maybe that's the example of what I should be doing. What's the most logical choice to be making? What's that, you know, that's kind of how we live Mm -hmm. our lives. Or even like, you know, the slogans that are so prevalent in our culture, like just do it. Like there's, there's just no prioritization of her. There's no prioritization of the the more invisible things and the more internal things in this world. Yeah. Well, it also makes me, as you were speaking about that, I was like, I wonder if this is why everyone's so anxious all the time, (laughs) you know, because it's all of the stuff that you can't control. We're Mm -hmm. so anxious of the things that we can't control. And it's hard to be like, I relinquish control. And maybe that is just being a lot more in tune with the masculine over the feminine. Well, yeah. And when you're so removed from the invisible world, right? So that like guides your soul, any form of divinity, any form of there's something bigger than just the machine, right? That like, if I do X and X, X, Y, and Z, then I will reach this outcome. If when you lose connection with that, then there is only the, the perception, only the assumption that it is what you do Mm -hmm. and that's Mm it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we lose all semblance of miracle at all of support that is in, in the invisible realms of magic of like there being some bigger reason and bigger, something bigger at play, if that makes sense. So then it feels like how lonely, right? It's just me. It's just me and what I do here. And so, yeah, then it's like, then you can see how it snowballs. Like, well, I have to get this right then. Am I doing this right? I have to get this right. What if I'm not doing this right? Then I'm going to fail or it's going to fall apart. or I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to get it all wrong. Like the, the really existential fear underneath that is I'm going to waste my life. I'm not going to do what my soul came here to do. Yeah. Um, And so it is this, it is literally our separation from, and our forgetting of the feminine that has us feeling so alone and so afraid and so incapable of like knowing that we're doing the right thing. And so incapable of 
finding and feeling our alignment. And if all that makes sense, there was something else I wanted to say too. Oh, I love that you brought up anxiety. So for me, anxiety is like the core energetic of it is we're afraid to feel something. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's like this, no, I can't, I can't feel that. And so there's this, like, I don't, you know, we feel like we can't be with that feeling or that emotion. And that comes from our feminine, which is our lower body. So again, we're like, right. That's mm-hmm. kind of how we feel when we're anxious. Our shoulders go up, our throat gets tight. <laughs> like we don't feel like we're breathing deeply enough. And, and so you're spot on with that. So if we have people listening and even me, I feel like I'm really, a lot more in touch probably with my masculine side than my feminine energy. How can we begin to like honor and cultivate that connection with that feminine energy in the new year? Yeah. For me, that's really, I mean, it's kind of like what we've been talking about. It's like, can you more intentionally, can you give more attention and intention to those things that don't live in the linear realm, if that makes sense, like the things that, well, this is what everyone else is doing, or this is what makes most sense, or this is what, you know, how I can see this happening or how I can see this unfolding or what the plan is or whatever. So like, you know, the invisible things, the nonlinear things, the, the things that are just outside of what you can perfectly make sense of, or that you are outside, just outside of what you have proof of already. So, you know, like we said, like emotion, sensation, and intuition, can you prioritize those things a little bit more? Can you intentionally take time to connect with those things a little bit more. Can you go, can you get a little deeper into your body, right? If we're talking about the lower three chakras, can you spend more time being with the lower half of your body, which sounds so kind of trite, but it's, we just don't do that. Why would we bother do that unless we're having sex? And then, then, then we are, but you know what I'm saying? Other than that, we're really just focused on thought and on logic and all of that. Pay attention to your dreams, pay attention to your sensations in your body. How often are we listening to our body? Very little, right? Like the little subtle things that happen, like where I'm like, I don't know why, but I'm feeling a tingle in my, you know, yeah, my my back body. My entire right arm the other day just went cold. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. And the more you are in relationship with those things, just out of a place of curiosity, like what could that be? And then, you know, I love to there's all kinds of like body language and somatic language out there that you can start playing with, but see, like for me, the right side of the body is masculine and the left side of the body is feminine. And so, you know, we can kind of just start to, to create a dialogue with some of the things that are going on. Like if you have a tingling in your, you know, the back of your neck, what might that mean for you? Even if it's not a, you know, based on anybody else's like symbolism, but like, what might that mean for you? And just start cultivating a language or with your dreams. Like what might that mean for you? What might that be saying to you? You know, the wisdom that we carry within, but it's also things that are a little bit more real, real world too, like slowing down, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, in intimacy, whether that's with ourselves or with somebody else or with the work that we're doing or the things that we're doing or, you know, stillness, a big one would be like, can you cultivate more sacredness in your life? Whatever that means to you. And it doesn't have to be my definition, but what might that mean? What might that look like? Because she's, she's always going to be inviting us into the more sacred. She's always going to be inviting us into more depth. She's always going to be inviting us into more things that we like don't, that we just can't put on a spreadsheet and, you know, make perfect sense of. So anything in there. So what's something like, what's like an everyday thing 
that some of our listeners could maybe put into practice to sort of start feeling into like a, yeah. their feminine energy. Like would meditation be something? Yeah. That really good? Yeah. Yep, that was going to be my first one, yeah. especially prioritizing it. Right. So one of the things that, that I notice in my clients, cause that's one of the first things I give them as homework is to create like a morning practice. Cause you're prioritizing it, right. There's a, there's a symbolic and alchemical thing that happens when you're saying, I have enough time to spread out. I have enough time for myself before I start giving to others. I have enough time to slow down because then you're saying there is time, right? Like all of these things that are silent messages, like silent statements that we're making to the world, if that makes sense, and to ourselves and to our bodies. It's like, I have spaciousness and time to give to myself before I start giving outside of me. But yeah, having any kind of meditation or morning practice, but like when we're trying to kind of squeeze it in in the afternoon because I forgot to do it, and the, then we're just making it another thing on the to-do list. Yeah, And then yeah. we're not prioritizing it. We're just kind of yet again, trying to slot it into where it seems like it's going to be the most productive part of, you know what I'm yes, saying? Yeah, totally, totally. Product, productivity. Other things are like yin yoga, if you're familiar with yin yoga. I'm not. Um, it, it's really beautiful. It's it's the more feminine form of yoga where like hatha and other things are more masculine because they're more active and more outward and more heat building. Yin yoga is is more about your connective tissues and your muscles. So it's like finding, and they have all kinds of poses you can find. So it's like finding a beautiful, really soft and gentle pose that actually is about lengthening and, and, and adding fluid to your connective tissues. And you hold it for like five minutes because oh, it's wow. so soft and so gentle. And so it creates all this opening in places that you don't really think about opening, if that makes sense. Some other things that I love are like as I start doing it, like just some platonic self-touch as I call it. So it's like, if you take time to just touch your body, but not in a way that's like, because I'm trying to get anywhere, trying to, you know, have an orgasm or anything like that, but just really spending time with like intentionally and compassionately touching your body is a really beautiful practice. Other things are like, you know, start letting yourself tap into your more intuitive nature and your deeper wisdom. Even if you don't think that you have it, I guarantee you, you do. I have so many women who come into this work thinking that they don't. And then it's like, and things start opening up. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously you have courses and this is something that, you yeah. know, like yeah. if someone's listening and, and they really, really want to explore this work, I mean, you offer so many different ways to work with you, which is amazing. I'm curious because one thing when we were looking you up that we we really wanted to ask you about is the mystery. Oh, the mystery. Yes. And <laughs> how you says how it's at the source of what humans crave. So can you explain what the mystery is and what your mystery school is and, and the whole concept of like mystery schools? Yeah. Yes. I love that question. So Traditionally, so the, the term mystery school is a very old one and it, and it basically stems back to esoteric lineages, like esoteric teachings, uh, you know, schools that taught esoteric wisdom, spiritual wisdom, spiritual practice, spiritual connection, that kind of thing, energy mastery, magic, like you name it. Cause there's a bunch of different lineages, right? Some of them were more spiritual, like on the religious side. And some of them were more like esoteric and just energetic and magic and things like that. So that's one part of it. The other part of mystery, I think the, the meaning of mystery school, some of it, I think also comes from the fact that a lot of these schools had to be 
quiet and hidden mm-hmm. because they would be persecuted or killed or worth, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and so there's that aspect of it. But for me, you know, my, my school's are, well, not the hidden part anymore, obviously, because I'm here talking about (laughs) not so quiet anymore, but it has that aspect of the esoteric teachings. In fact, one of the, one time I asked, I think it might've even been before I was hopping on a podcast episode. And I asked one of my guides, like, how do you want me to describe what a mystery school is? And, and they said the teaching and the practicing of sacred harmonic energetics, which is now the term, I don't know if you saw that on my website. It's now the term oh, that yeah. I use to describe the work that I do as like the whole myth methodology of it. But it's the, you know, other mystery schools would be that, the teaching and the practicing of, the mastery of um, whatever esoteric or energetic or spiritual lineage that was. But for me also, another meaning here is I use the term mystery to, to talk about the feminine mysteries. And all I mean by that is kind of everything we're talking about, which is like this absolute, like, unknowableness and uncontrollableness and like the invisible realms, the paradox, things that we, we don't get to bring our cute little human egos and our brains and our control freakiness into and think that we get to have our way with. It's literally stepping into this space where she's going to invite us way beyond what our brain is ready to comprehend. She's going to invite us beyond the things that we can control. She's going to invite us back to our soul, to the divine, to that which is sacred to, to nature and like, you know, the invisible relationship we have or the invisible connection between all things, that kind of thing. Um, so, so that's what I'm referring to when I'm talking about the mysteries is these things that we just don't get to have as much as we want to have control over everything mm-hmm. and feel like we can conquer everything. We don't get to have that. And so her, this work, the feminine mysteries is about coming into a beautiful relationship with all of those so that we can literally experience beauty. And I mean that like capital B. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we do in the, in the mystery schools is, is reconnect us with that part of us, those parts of us bring us back into our own, you know, connection with our soul. And, and which is in my view, the reason we come here in the first place. So if we ever feel like there's a soul purpose we have, or maybe there is a soul purpose, or I wonder what mine is, that's how we find it is by connecting with her, our intuition, our emotional mastery, so that we can be walking around as sacred versions of these archetypes instead of the wounded ones and creating more wound in one another. Right. And I'm trying to think what else, like we do a lot of really deep shamanic work. I call it shamanic reunion because we're, you know, reclaiming and and retrieving aspects of ourselves that we've lost or receiving wisdom from guides or from ancestors or from ourselves deeper within ourselves or from our soul. We are yeah, receiving guidance. We are receiving wisdom. We are retrieving power versions of our power, aspects of our power that we've lost along the way, all kinds of things like that. So that's what we do in the mystery. It's all the things that it's like our relationship with life and the universe itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a lot of, I feel like the center of all of it, for me, at least the way that I'm interpreting it is like trust trust in yourself, trust in your own intuition. I was going to say that it reminded me of, you know, you say we're like, there's the fear of the unknown, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you teach has become unknown to us because Mm -hmm. of how society is like built. And so it's 
removing the fear so that we can be, we can trust the unknown. Yes. We can trust the things we can't describe. And be in the feminine. Yes. And I feel like that, like, because I, I too am very much in my masculine a lot and I get afraid of being in my feminine because I'm like, I can't, you know, control. I, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. if I, if mm -hmm. I just like, you know, da, 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 da. So, but I think that is, it's just a lack of like inner trust. Yeah. That's just you know? conditioning too. We all have yeah. that. That's all of us. We, we, as a collective, like as a whole, we've been trained to fear her. And I mean, yeah. that goes back to like, you know, way back to thousands of years when, you know, goddess religions and, and connection with goddess and all of that stuff was also, you know, destroyed, if you will, the temples that were destroyed, the religion or the connections that were destroyed, the rights that were destroyed in, in being able to connect to the goddess as well. You know, that's one aspect of this, but then yeah, within us as well, like look at how many times we're told that, you know, intuition doesn't matter. Like it, if it yeah. doesn't make sense, you know, you deprioritize your intuition because, but this is what makes sense or this is what everyone else is doing. Or, you know, I, that was a big one for me when I was younger, but like, if I had a feeling about something, but everybody else was doing it, it was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll do what everyone else is doing or what someone told me to do or expected me to do. Mm -hmm. And so we, we um, compartmentalize that and we deprioritize it and we decide there's no room or time for it, but even like, you know, not bringing any emotion into the workplace, things like that, you know, yeah. where none of it's allowed, we're all, it's conditioned out of us. Like literally this whole entire, this whole entire like wounded masculine paradigm, as I call it, has, it conditions us into thinking that we need to be machine. Mm. I have to get it right. I have to produce. I have to be consistent. Yes. I have to write all of the things. And so we're absolutely trained to fear her. So it's not just you, it's all of us. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for all of this. This has been amazing. How can our listeners continue to engage with you and where can they find your courses? And of course, we'll, yeah, we'll link everything. We'll link everything. So you can find me at heather-allison.com. And there's you know, we definitely go super, super deep into this in my mystery school called Golden Goddess, but there's a mini mystery school as well, where it's kind of a little bit more of a lighter experience where you can kind of start. We still go deep, but it's smaller, smaller bits, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, and then there are even lighter experiences as well. If you want to kind of start out and, and try things on for women who are a little bit newer to the feminine, my free micro course called from tantrum to tantra is a really good one to kind of introduce you to the feminine and masculine stuff and really start understanding what that is for those who are a little bit more advanced and have been doing this for a little while there's going to be one called sacred harmonic energetics that's coming soon next year so that is going to go a little bit more into kind of the quantum energetics of things Ooh, um, oh, and then there are like that. yeah there are courses and mini courses so there's a flavor here no matter where you are or where you're starting or how deep you want to go or how light you want to start yeah. And are these courses self-guided or are they like live? I have both. Golden Goddess is like the deepest thing. So it's, it's, you're with me for nine months to a year or longer, depending wow. on when you okay. join. So, you know, we do, I do it every year and we start the end of February this coming year. Okay. And so there's still time if anybody wants to join me for that one. And that's the deepest, like you're in there really deeply with me and have a lot of my support. The spiral is the mini mystery school. And that one is kind of a half and half. There's some, some audio that you'll get each month. And then we dive into some, like a, some support through a call and a Q and a with me, a live call and a Q and a. 
and that one's a year long. And then I do have some like three month courses, like goddesspreneur for entrepreneurs who want to do business in the feminine, um, Ugh, cosmic the shaman, intuition <laughs> stuff. What's that? I said, that's the one I need. Goddesspreneur. Yeah, oh, it's so good. And, and that's just three months and it's self-guided, but there are a couple of little uh, sessions that you get to have with me. Cause I just love the intimacy. I, I it's really hard for me not to want to dive in with every woman yeah. who comes here. So there's a little bit in most of the things I offer. And then the mini courses are just four weeks long and they're just, that's just automated and, and delivered to you. So. Wow. Well, thank No, I know. And I, I'm really excited to, to dive in because I know that I need to do this. I have a lot to learn, but thank you so much for your time. Seriously. I feel like this is going to be so helpful for people and we will link everything you you're doing in our show notes. So our listeners can find you. Thank you. And I will get you that archetypal grid too, because it'll really lay out for sure. Energy traits. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much, Thank Heather. You. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too, beauties. So good to meet you. Yes. Oh, you too. too. That was so wonderful. Thank you so, Thank much. You so much. Seriously. Like, I feel like you were just the perfect person to explain all of this. And I'm oh, so glad that it's you. taken this long for us to find you yeah. because you were the right person. We were <laughs> looking timing. for Oh, I'm so glad. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Oh, what a little angel. She was like so like. She was very calming. Ethereal. Very ethereal. You know, she was just like. And I didn't, I don't want to say it because I never want to like be ageist, but she looks incredible. She looks 18 years old. When, yeah. when she's like, oh, when I was 40, I'm like, what? You mean huh? when you're 40? Yeah. I'm like, and she's like, when I was like 37, I'm like, ma'am, no, you're 17. Yeah. <laughs> She looks incredible. She does. She does. Incredible. Probably because she's all relaxed and in I know. Feminine. She's not stressed the fuck no. out. Getting stress highs as I'm talking right now. <laughs> Scratching my skin off. Well, the whole top of the episode, we were talking about femininity. Apparently, we are wrong. Not not femininity. Feminine it's feminine energy. 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 Yes. Yes. So we, Which I get. Yeah, I understand that I understand. Now. I totally yes. understand that too. I'm picking up what she's putting down. Okay, well, should we rate our Taste Nirvana coconut water? Coconut water. One to our hottie of the week, whom I'm very excited <gasps> oh, about. Oh, I love this hottie of the week. Do you want to say who it is? You say, because I'm still tasting the coconut water. Our hottie this week is Stanley Tucci. Well, okay, let me go back. Okay, let yeah. me go back. I pitched it because we were thinking of, okay, who's the hottie of the week going to be? And we're obviously thinking of women for the feminine energy episode. Yes. And then I thought, no, let's do a man who I feel like is in touch with his feminine energy. Yes. And I was like, Stanley Tucci. Yes, because he, and he really, you know, he's like cooking. He's very slow mm. and like he really it takes in sensation. Yes. And like taste and flavor. Uh-huh. And beauty. And be, oh my gosh, yes. And you know, that man finds beauty in anything and everything. So I just and feel like, like he's oh, a good example of a man. And yes. he's not, you know, not feminine, not to stereotype, but like he's, you know. Right, right. He's it's not, heterosexual, but he's just still yes. in, that, in that place. Yes, he's not in the... Toxic masculine. No. Energy. It's like. Not at all. And he's just floating through life. Looking fine. <laughs> he really. I saw this TikTok where this dude was like, I cannot believe that women think Stanley Tucci is hot. And like all the comments were like, Stanley Tucci is fine. Well, because you know the, the ma- feminine gaze. No, the male gaze. 
So the male gaze is a whole thing where like men look at other men at the gym and like they're all jacked up. Like, oh my God, that's the guy that like yeah. would get every girl. And then they come in the room and the girls are like, oh. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Where the female gaze is like Stanley Tucci. <laughs> yeah. You know? Men are Seriously. Confused. They're very confused. Confused. Okay. So one to Stanley Tucci. What are you thinking of the taste Nirvana coconut Very water? coconutty. My thing I with coconut water is it has to be ice cold. But I actually, if this was ice cold, I would give it like a nine. I was going to say a seven. I'll like give a, it a nine. Okay. So an eight. Yeah. I'll an give it an eight, eight out of Stanley Tucci. Because it tastes very like coconut. actual coconut. Coconut. Where some don't taste like coconut, but this one really does. Yeah. I like it. Not eight. Eight out of Stanley Tucci. This is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week, you guys, it's 200 questions. And no, we're not answering 200 questions. We're picking question one through 200. And each of us is going to answer it. And they're supposed to get more intimate as you get closer to 200. We've done this about 200 times. 200 times. So it seems impossible there would be a new question. But I know. You go, Nat. It's so hard to, because I feel like I always choose the same number. Okay, what's like a really random number? 51. I feel like. I'm oh, joking. this is a good one. What pets did you have while you were growing up? Oh, wow. That's Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up. Buckle up. Okay, let's see. <laughs> I had Mr. Kitty. Okay, I had a lot of pets. We had a cat. We had Minnie, my Australian Shepherd. We also had a Shih Tzu named Rocky. We I had uh, three rabbits, five chickens, a tortoise like five or six koi fish, two snakes. What were the snakes' names? Jake and Boo. Oh, okay. Boo was right after Monsters, Inc. came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And Jake the snake, obviously, because I was very clever. Of course. Kenny had an iguana at one point. When I tell you my mom would never oh, let me have any of these Hamsters. Animals. I had like three, two different hamsters. At one point, I had mice. But that was more like my class. I was like taking care of the class mice. Birds. We had. Did you have a rat? No. My friend Jamie had rats. No, I had hamsters. Okay. Birds. We had three different bird. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Four different birds. Parakeets. And then we also had cockatiels. It's giving. We live in a zoo. What is it? What was that? We bought a zoo. We bought a zoo. It's giving. (laughs) We bought a zoo. Yeah, I had. We had a lot of pets. A lot of pets. Right now, we have the least amount of pets we've ever had, which is I have Zeppelin, my mom has Sunday, and that's it. Yeah. That's a lot. That's also a lot of animal deaths to have to process. Oh, my gosh. Guinea. We had guinea pigs. We had three different guinea pigs, actually. Oh, wow. The guinea? What? Uh, Kenny's guinea pig was named Guinea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's actually guinea. cute. Uh-huh. But then we had two other guinea pigs because the other thing is that people would like rehome their animals to us. Like that happened well, multiple would, it times. It would make sense if you guys, again, giving we bought a zip. Yes. It's giving so we bought a zip. We inherited two guinea pigs. We inherited a, a one bird. We inherited two different cats. This is a full-time job. How are you Taz and Cleo. all these animals? Oh, my God. It was a full-blown farm. My tortoise, Bubba, he did die um, whilst hibernating. That was sad. 
Oh, no. <sighs> Did you have any traumatic animal deaths? No. Wow. No. With all of them. Actually, this is funny. This is kind of funny. I think it's funny. I was thinking about it this morning for some for some reason. But I, one of our most recent cats, Taz, she was super, super old. We got mm-hmm. them when they were like 15 or something because my neighbor had cancer. She couldn't take care of it anymore. We inherited them. And Taz, my mom, I remember she walked in one day and she was like, I think Taz died. Like, can you go check? I can't, I can't look. And I was like, okay. So I go in the bathroom and I like kind of touch her. And she, I think she had literally just died. And none of our animals ever die in their sleep. This one happened too, which was like nice because it's always sad to put them down. But like, then you have to move the body. Yeah. So she was like, can you take it to the vet, like to cremate it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, okay. So I just like kind of like pulled my pants up basically and was like, okay, I can do it. So I picked Taz up and I, she was a little tiny cat. I put her in a little box. I drive to the vet and my, my mom had called saying like, oh, you know, one of the cats died. Natalie's bringing it, whatever. So I walk into the vet, Stelboski, who is just the funniest guy. He wanted to perform surgery on every single animal. I don't know why. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <sighs> and he goes, he like pops out from behind this like counter and he goes, he was, he had an accent. He goes, which cat is it? And I said, oh, it's Taz. And he goes, mm, I thought it'd be Miko. And I said, <laughs> nope, it's not. And he was like, okay. And then he goes, do you want me to make sure? And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. Like, I don't want right, to. I would like right. to make sure she's dead. Yeah. You know? He's like, okay. So he takes her down the hallway in this box. And I'm not even kidding. Two seconds go by down the hall. Yep, she's dead. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, I'll see you later. <laughs> wow. I was waiting for the twist in the story. It would be like, she wasn't dead. No, she was. Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> I'm like, he didn't even open the box. It was like half a second from him down the hall. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a million pets. Wow. Who knew that question was going to take us on a wild Wow, it really did. I forgot I was even, we were even playing the game. (laughs) Okay. Pick a number. Uh, 63. 63. Ooh, this is a good one too. What game or movie universe would you most like to live in? I know what you're going to say. Do you? Well, maybe not. But what do you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Avatar, like whatever. Oh my God. What is the world? Navi or something? Or is that the language they speak? No, they are the Navi. Oh. Wow. Okay. I would say, (sighs) wow, because I actually wasn't even thinking that. This is the universe, the movie universe you would like to live in. Yeah. Because it's like, Honestly, and I don't want to just millennial myself to death. I would have loved to uh, go to Hogwarts, of course. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, and so, but I was like, oh, I don't want to be that millennial Harry Potter girl. But I did see Avatar and I was like, I have to be in the V. And they're all connected to animals and they're connected to, talk about feminine energy, even the men that, and 
they're all just connected to the plant. They literally can physically connect. They plug into things. Their tails. Yeah. They do weird shit with their tails. Well, they, they definitely fuck with their tails. They fuck but, with their tails. But they also... That's like, the only thing I remember from the first one. They also, <laughs> um, like, when they want to ride an animal, they, like, have to plug into the animal. They plug their tail into the animal? Yeah, so that they can, like, be one with it. So oh. that, like, when they... <laughs> Sounds a little bestiality adjacent. <laughs> it's beautiful. They can also, like, plug into the trees. Like, they plug their thing and they can, like, feel the energy of the tree. And not only thinking they're fucking trees, they're <laughs> fucking, fucking animals. animals. They're just plugging their thing into the tree. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is really beautiful. And I'm not going to lie. The dad in... So I have a thing. Having a crush on an on a animated oh, character. It's just like... Like everybody white, had a crush on... I, I'm just going to say it. Uh-huh. White people with dreads kind of throws me. Sometimes. It should. <laughs> okay. As it really should. Okay. So that throws me. So, Why would a white person have dreads? <laughs> Why? Okay, okay, so I just have to I just put that <laughs> But so I know Sam Worthington's a white dude, but now he's in blue. He's 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 in blue face. <laughs> oh, he's blue face. And he has dreads. And he, but he has these dreads, right? These like and I was like, this is the one time this is working for this man. It's probably because his skin is blue right, right now. Right, because he doesn't look like a human. No, but he had like this mohawk dread. I don't know what it was, but I was so into it. I was like, oh, I left it. Of course, I'm always with Joe. And I was like, ooh, that's my man. And he was like, here we go again. He's like this blue man. <laughs> okay. Like, that's my man. That's my Do they daddy. wear clothes? They have loincloths. Okay, that's what I thought. That's women I thought. and men. And then the women, they just like strategically cover their nipples uh-huh. with like jewelry. Oh, so no like top. They don't no. have like top. No, women and okay. men don't have tops. But but okay. they But they find a way to like. Like their hair, their or hair, something. like their their necklace is always like right over their nipple. Oh, okay. So, so you would live in that? Oh, world? yes, on a hundred percent. Oh, okay, okay, hundred percent. So, wow. And I'm gonna post a photo of the hot blue man and blue dreads. man, the blue man, <laughs> blue group. man group, <laughs> because it, it's giving. It is giving what needs to give. Remember when Tobias on his <laughs> development thought he was going to like a depressed man's thing and it was but then he ended the up like, blue man group but he ended up like being an alternate or like oh wait no oh wait, no no to be he thought it. it was the blue man group <laughs> so he showed up to the depressed man's group in blue face <laughs> and he goes up to the podium and he goes i feel like a fucking idiot <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm just gonna pull this up really quick while we're live on the podcast. So just because I do think it's important that you see what I mean, like his dread situation. Oh. oh no, is it not good in retrospect? <laughs> Let me see. Let me see. I have to see it now. Yeah, yeah I just lost it. Can't show it to you. Oh no, it's Braveheart. It's literally Braveheart. <laughs> oh, it's Braveheart, but he's blue. Okay, wait, I have to. Braveheart. Uh, you know, it's, when you're immersed in the world, it's different. Tell me that's not the same, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's Braveheart. <laughs> that was definitely the reference. It I'm was, not kidding. No, I'm telling you. I saw she she showed me the picture, and I said that is Mel Gibson. That's Mel Gibson in Braveheart, actually. 
Um, it is, yeah, and I, I see it. <sighs> oh, he's also in blue face. Also in blue face, <laughs> but I don't know why I was into his dreads like that. I was like, damn. Oh. Wow, I really got lost in the sauce. Anyway, <laughs> wait, wait, look at this. Look at his dreads. I'm into it. Okay, I can kind of get the, I can, I kind of see the dreads there. I would plug into that. that. (laughs) All right, you guys, this episode is crazy. Anyways, well, we love you guys, and we will be back next week with another episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.